It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making this part of your regular routine. We're here for you multiple times a week in the dead of the offseason because we are that dedicated. Jay King, John Corrales here. Jay coming off two a day workouts because the kid is coming back with a vengeance. <laughs> I don't think it's with a vengeance. It's more like I just want to be halfway okay at basketball one last time in my life. You want to drop 50 in a media game is what this is all about. You I want mean, to go out there and drop drop a nice 50 piece on on like Mark D'Amico and I had 30 guys. something while 50 pounds overweight. So that's it. I, I can't that's wait it. to see what happens when I'm exactly somewhat in shape. Talk that shit, JK. Talk <laughs> it. Go out there. Start calling these people out by name. Who can guard you? Who in the media can guard you, Jay King? Uh, there's only one that I know of, and that's Scal. Oh, well, I mean, no shit. I mean, Scal, Scal's, you know, uh, former NBA player, big three standout. <laughs> I'm still embarrassed, humiliated from the time I played him one-on-one. Uh, yeah, that doesn't go very well. Uh, <laughs> I always get a kick out of people like, oh, I can take Scal. No, no, you can't. I knew I, I knew I couldn't take Scal, but I didn't. No, I didn't think right he, he was just gonna fucking slap me out of the way as easily as he did. Yeah, he's people. People don't realize. All right, well, we'll talk about uh, that stuff as the season goes. I will just keep up on Jay King's workouts. I think that's gonna be a nice running topic throughout the season. We'll you know maybe check in on weight and body fat measurements, try to make sure you're you're charting your your progress properly, and we'll go out there and we'll we'll see how you're doing. But in the meantime, we'll talk about actual Celtics stuff. Uh, Mark Stein today came out with a newsletter. And in the newsletter, a little nugget about Kyrie Irving. We all know Kyrie Irving has didn't sign or isn't going to sign an extension, which he shouldn't. We've gone through all of that. It makes pure financial sense. But, of course, everybody latched on to that. You know, Kyrie's not signing an extension. Ooh, crazy, crazy. And turn some old stuff about him and the Knicks into potential rumblings about his future. To a point where I heard it so much when I was at Summer League, Jay. I don't know if you heard it. People, for some reason, decided to keep coming up to me and be like, you know, I don't think Kyrie's coming back. And they just kept telling me over and over and over again. To the point where I was like, maybe he's not coming back. But Mark Stein today said, quote, Kyrie's intentions are not at all clear at this point. There have been no firm indications from Irving 
or his camp that the All-Star guard is eyeing an exit from Boston next summer or that he's angling to go to New York, as is often speculated. That is part of a bigger report that says the, the Brooklyn Nets, along with the Knicks, are going to aim high and pursue Kyrie if he does indeed and when he does indeed reach free agency. So here we are again, Jay. More speculation about Kyrie's offseason and who's going to be chasing after him. And look, the Nets make sense, right? The, totally. The Nets make sense. They, they haven't been good. And so everyone kind of looks at them as a trash franchise. And sure, I get it. They've, they've been bad for a long time, even dating back to the New Jersey Nets. When's the last time they were good? Like Jason Kidd? Scalabrini played for them the last time they were good. Well, I mean, you had the post-Pierce, that, that, the brief, brief post-Pierce KG trade that they were, they were, they were good then, They were too, semi-relevant. Now, right. They, but your point's well taken. They, back, Jason Kidd was, like, a really good, like, contender. Like, the post-KG Pierce trade, they were still, they were good. They're a playoff team, but they never, that never materialized into anything. So, yes. Yeah. Point is well taken. So, la- last time they were relevant, last time... They did anything of, of true note, except trade away their entire franchise, <laughs> was, was back then. But if you think about it, they're in New York. They're, yeah. Kyrie Irving grew up near New York. It'll be the first to tell you he was from New Jersey, not New York. But, but he was near New York. Obviously, the, the allure of New York has spoken to him before. I, I believe the Knicks were on his list of teams he w- w- wanted to be traded to or preferred to be traded to. The Nets are going to have cap space, and that's going to be a big thing next year because there are a lot of really good free agents. And mm-hmm. if you believe some of the whispers, Kevin Durant could be actually available next summer. Kawhi Leonard, there's definitely a chance he's going to be available. Jimmy Butler, definitely a chance. There are many really good to great players who are going to hit the market a year from now. And the Nets will be able to sell those guys on, look, we're in New York, and we can get two of you. We can get you, we can bring your friend, we can bring your super talented friend. And I, I do think the, the, that playing with Jimmy Butler would have appeal to Kyrie Irving. I do think playing with Kevin Durant would have appeal to Kyrie Irving. He always speaks incredibly highly of Durant. May, may, he might speak no higher of anybody else than he does of Kevin Durant. So if if he and Durant could team up, who knows? I, I'm just speculating here. This is no inside they're, knowledge they're or anything friends. like that. They were just hanging out. They were just pictures of them hanging out, like in Vegas or something. Yeah, so I, 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 I do think that that would appeal to Kyrie. I also think the only things we know now about Kyrie's free agency, for sure. Kyrie likes the Celtics. He likes what the Celtics have. He likes Brad Stevens. He likes their organization. He has had a very good time, a productive time in Boston so far. He believes in what they've built. And two, he won't commit to the Celtics at this point. And few guys really do. Even the guys who say they love the team, love the city. A lot of guys backtrack on that. So you end up looking bad in, in retrospect. Uh, so that's all we know. And I think the Nets, I think the Nets are going to have some appeal. I think they'll have more appeal than most people probably believe. I, I doubt that. And look, Brooklyn is a delightfully weird place, just like 
Kyrie is a delightfully weird person. He can go find uh, some crazy scene that fits his personality somewhere in Brooklyn. Like that's that's what the borough has become. So playing in Brooklyn does make sense. I think he'd have fun living in Brooklyn. I think he'd have fun hanging out in Brooklyn. But that is a, a monumental change. And yes, Brooklyn will have appeal. They've got good young players. They've got, they're starting to kind of build a little bit of something there. They've got competent front office. They've got a good coach. They've got an owner that has learned his lesson the hard way and is now taking a back seat and let the people do what they're supposed to do. I could I would not be surprised if Brooklyn landed a couple of people. But like we said the other day, Kyrie also once recruited Gordon Hayward, and he gets to now play with Gordon Hayward in a situation that's even better than what Brooklyn is going to have and will be a place where Kyrie will be a leader, the leader on a championship caliber team. And all conventional wisdom says he, this is a place that can satisfy everything that he's looking for. The, whatever he's been looking for from a team, from a leadership perspective, from a coach, from a front office, that is smart, knowledgeable, respects Kyrie's knowledge, respects his opinion, kind of works with him, has done nothing to piss Tim off. I, I don't see a single reason for Kyrie to leave other than Kyrie just doesn't feel like being in the city of Boston anymore, which I guess is possible. But that's the only thing that I can see. If Kyrie leaves, it's that I just felt like playing somewhere else. And I, like if if they sign him and Jimmy Butler, I don't think they're better than the Celtics without Kyrie Irving. Like I, Hayward, Horford, Tatum, Brown, Rozier might still whoop up on the Nets. Well, let, this is, goes to something that I've been kind of kicking around that I, I don't want to say this in a, in a negative way, but it's going to sound negative anyway. The If the Celtics lose any one of those five starters starting five Kyrie is the one that they can most recover from I think because they've got like Hayward they, Marcus Smart can come in and be a competent point guard obviously no one's going to be what Kyrie does the wizardry the ability to score at any point but they can make up the scoring in Hayward and Tatum and Horford and Brown and and they have guys on the team. There, there are competent point guards, even if he doesn't currently exist on the Celtics. I think Marcus Smart is competent enough. There, there are ways to make up for a, a loss of a, a point guard like that. Guys can pass and run pick and roll and, and just facilitate. Those guys exist. John, trying try, try to boot Kyrie out the tour already. See, exactly. <laughs> Not that I want him gone. I don't want him gone. But if for some reason the Celtics, they're not going to trade him. They're not going to sit there and say, well, he might leave, so we're, gonna, we're going to move him and get stuff for him. They're not going to do that. He's going to finish this year out with the Celtics. If for some reason he says, you know what, I, I'd love it here, but I, I just want to go play in New York City somewhere, Brooklyn or the Knicks, the Celtics are, they can bounce back. Just like you said, you started this, Jay. They can still beat the Nets with Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, and whatever else they have, D'Angelo Russell and all those guys. 
Celtics are still a better team by far. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. So who is the most irreplaceable guy on the team? I, I think I think it might be Al Horford. Yeah. Just because be it's, it's really hard to find a big man who replicates what he does. There are very few guys who can hit threes at the rate he does and play make like he does, and still guard both the perimeter and inside. Like he was guarding, he was shifting from Ben Simmons to Joel Embiid and doing a really good job on both those guys. He was guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I, I get that wrong every time. And Sorry. and then sliding onto to big man and and. He can handle any of those responsibilities, and there just aren't a lot of guys who can give you that versatility on both ends of the court like Al Horford does. So I think that's one of the biggest question marks for the Celtics moving forward is how do you replace Al Horford? Obviously, it's not that time yet. Obviously, he's might have just played the best season of his life, and he's still got plenty of good basketball left in him. But that is one of the question marks the Celtics are going to have to answer. And shit, maybe it's Robert Williams. But, but that question is definitely one the front office is already thinking about and, and something that, that they're planning for because they know how difficult it will be to replace everything Al Horford does for that team. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's not about what the individual player does necessarily. It's about who else can give you a a good percentage of that and who can give the Celtics or any team uh, what Al Horford does. There are very few players that have Al Horford's complete skill set that, okay, he's not going to be a 30-point-a-game scorer, but just the way he quarterbacks a defense, the way he can read what's happening, the the pick-and-rolls, his ability to set the picks the right way and read pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop, 
everything that he does is just uh, it's, it's a very tough combination of skills to replicate in another player. Like I said, with with Kyrie or any elite point guard, there are other point guards that can come in if you've got the requisite amount of scoring to come in and, and run a team and, like I said, run pick and roll, be competent, don't turn the ball over, hit shots here and there when, when you get open shots. They can do a fine job. Even Gordon Hayward, who I'm very high on, they just had a, a run to the conference finals. Without him, they've got other wings. They, losing any one of these guys would suck again if, the, if it happened. But Kyrie and, and Hayward have – there are other guys in the team that can kind of complement each other and make up for some a, a good percentage of the loss of those skill sets. No one makes up for what Al Horford – you would lose if Al Horford went down. That's why last year, I, if, with all of the injuries, I just kept saying – uh, if if as long as Horford stays healthy, they can keep this going. So I I, I definitely agree that Horford's the most irreplaceable guy. I just want to let the people know this is this is elite summer podcasting right here. Oh my god, total summer podcast. And and granted, we have now talked about Kyrie Irving's free agency on two straight podcasts. And granted, we are pulling topics out of our rear ends tonight. Like this is. Literally, we are spitballing on this one. Uh, totally. So, and I, I hate... I, I, it's high-quality stuff, Jay. I don't oh, know where you're going oh, with this. Absolutely. I just want to apologize to the people for speculating about Kyrie's future when nothing new has happened. Literally, nothing new has happened except someone reported today that the Nets, one of the teams with cap space, who are obviously going to go after the top free agents of a category in which Kyrie Irving is obviously a part of, and that's that's the new information, but that's all we have to go on right now. So we are we are spitballing. We are taking every topic we can we can squeeze every little ounce out of it. And this is this is summer podcast, and this is this is a great job by us. I'm just I'm just patting myself on the ass right now. Look, we've we've <laughs> taken a report that basically says a team with cap space is going to pursue a max free agent and we turned it into 12 16 minutes i think of solid summer content and then boom we 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 turned it into well who's the most replaceable celtic and who's the most irreplaceable celtic and we're just we're just building this is this is how you podcast take notes <laughs> this is basically a little lesson for every all the kids out there all the ones that dm us yeah say, hey any advice this is it Tell, this is the podcast. Tell Michael Pina and Brian Robb and <laughs> the Big Three podcast that that this is how you do it, guys. That's it. Take notes. <laughs> uh, okay, let's switch to the other big topic of the day before we wrap things up. The NBA went into a, a partnership with the MGM, uh, MGM Resorts to basically provide – they became the official – uh, gaming partner, the official sports betting partner of the NBA, M- MGM Resorts, who already sponsors their summer league. They already have a relationship, so it kind of made sense. It's not a, a tremendously big deal, probably like $25 bucks over the next few years, but it's the NBA's first foray into the sports gambling uh, space, which just became legal thanks to a recent Supreme Court decision. And the, the, the most significant part of this is 
they are, as part of the deal, they're selling MGM their real-time sports data, the, the real-time game data. So anything that's happening, turnovers, points, assists, you know, everything that's happening instantaneously, that statistical feed goes to MGM. So they can turn that around and put it into their MGM gaming app, which is currently available in places that allow it. And you can bet on in-game events. So if Kyrie has 30 points in the third quarter, they can a thing can show up in your app that says odds are three to one that he will get 42 points by the end of the game. And you can bet on that while the game is going on. So that's going to be the big thing out of this. So interesting that they are doing this. It's just the first step in a bigger thing. I don't know, Jay, how you feel about this. I mean, I, I think it's dangerous, honestly. How so? I think sports gambling is dangerous. I think it, it can, especially when it's that easy and when it's going to be legal, there are going to be people betting amounts that they shouldn't be betting. Mm-hmm. And one of my one of my buddies the other night, we we were out to dinner, and he had his his iPhone out, and he was watching a CFL game because he had bet on the CFL. I was like, man, you got to calm down with That's... your with your sports betting here, <laughs> like, dude. I was walking through I was walking through sports books at Vegas. And they had lines for summer league games. People were betting summer league games. Yeah, which is I almost insane. bet because I had inside information, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever placed a real bet on a sports event in my life. Like, I, I've, I've done I've, NCAA I've tournament pools and stuff. I've done, I've done, I don't know if I've ever actually gambled on sports. Uh, I love playing poker. I'm not against gambling in general. I probably sound like a square right now because... Uh, I just think I I just think it's dangerous, and I'm sure it'll make the NBA a lot of money. The one thing I'm interested in is whether the cap spikes again once gambling money starts to pile up, and when that'll happen, how much that'll impact the league. I think that's that's one thing to definitely look for as far as how this impacts actual basketball. But I don't it, think it's going to be huge. Because the the BRI, if this is considered BRI, which it should be, um, they would have to take in a lot of money for it to impact the cap. Because right now we're talking about this is just a twenty five million dollar deal. So twenty five million that's split in half. That's you know twelve and a half million divided amongst the thirty NBA teams. It's your your you're not making a ton of money. You're not significantly impacting the cap yet. You might you might be able to raise it by two, three million down the road, which is not nothing. It, it could be the difference between a team being able to sign a guy and not being able to sign a guy. But I think when you when you break it down to the finest hairs, it's it's not going to have a gigantic impact. But I I do think there's a, a definite morality issue. I I. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I, I like going to the casino. I like playing craps. I like playing blackjack. Uh, sports betting, I think, is a different animal, uh, especially when you can just bet on an app and it becomes almost like a video game. 
and you're just kind of shuffling numbers in and out of your account rather than taking money out of your pocket and placing it down on a table. Or I, I just think that makes it a little bit easier for people to go down a bad road. And I've seen it. I've seen people, you know, double up on bets and, and, and fall into very, very deep holes. So there is a definite morality issue that the NBA is going to have to address when it really gets deep into this whole gambling thing. Yeah, the part you you probably underestimated, though, I think the NBA has come out and said it would want a 1% integrity fee from sports yep. betting operators. So every dollar that's bet, it would be 1% of that, I believe, something would go to the NBA. That could be a lot of BRI there. That sure. could be that could end up making a change in in cap cap space and and change uh, alter the league. It could provide another chance for a Warriors. What if the Celtics got enough cap space to sign <laughs> LeBron James or Le- <laughs> LeBron James Jr. ten years from now? That's it. That's it. Well, I guess it's an interesting possibility because I don't know exactly how much money this is gonna. This is gonna mean, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know how much would qualify for BRI, or I don't. I don't even know if the NBA knows right now. The, the commissioner has said in the past that there he's working off of some estimates that there's four hundred billion dollars waged illegally on sports every year. Now, how much of that is just on basketball? Probably not. Most of that's probably football, college football. That's so the the, the NBA's cut. From that, uh, and that's just illegal betting. How much of that's going to go to legal? Mo- a lot of that might stay illegal for all we know. I don't want to bog this down. My point is that I don't know that it's going to be as much or as salary cap changing as the TV deal was. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to it's going to be an impact. I think you're going to see money come in that is going to change the actual salary cap. I, I would be shocked if it got to a point where it was, okay, now every team all of a sudden has 15 more million dollars that, to, to go out and spend on a free agent. But who knows? Maybe, maybe it will. Who knows? Who knows the story of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think when we boil things down to who knows, is a good time to wrap up the podcast. If you want more conversation on the sports betting i literally just finished recording a conversation with jake madison for the wednesday locked on nba show so that's one of the topics we covered we are also covered lebron opening the school which i thought is really really cool and uh the new lakers uniforms which also i think look pretty good so uh go check out the locked on nba show that'll do it for this show We'll be back on Friday, I think, to make up another 25 minutes worth of something to talk about. <laughs> so make sure you subscribe to the show and listen to whatever we pull out of our asses for that show. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be fun, I'm sure. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Everywhere podcasts are available, so are we. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a good review. That really helps us rise in the rankings. It really does make an impact. So please, please do that and share the podcast. Tell the world they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, J. King and John Corrales. Lockdown Celtics. Millie's.
Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.